Welcome to Disrespectfully Agree with Oatman and LJ. I'm LJ. Across from me is Mr. Oatman. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have a special podcast today. We've got a guest with us, John Deoalia. Say that right? Uh, you did. Oh, pretty much. I mean, it's it unusual for me. Like no, it wasn't five percent right. right. All right, do it. Dale, it's like a wrong inflection. Deoalia. Deoalia. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, he is the artistic director of Masu Productions in Akron. We've got a big one today, I guess. It's a big one. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we're going to be talking about us, and we're going to do something a little different for this podcast. We are usually uh, real tough on spoilers uh, for this. No, and we're, we're not. Well, yeah, we're pretty good. I am. Well, that's, that's <laughs> us. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a little different. Uh, we're going to tell you from the top that spoilers are going to be from the very beginning. So if you don't want to have anything ruined, if you don't want to hear how it turns out, if you don't want to hear any plot twist, tune out now. But we're going to go uh, into spoilers uh, from the top of the show. So just to give everybody a trigger warning. I know those are popular nowadays. So there you <laughs> They're go. They're all the rage. They're okay. all the rage. Trending. This is Jordan Peele's <laughs> follow-up to Get Out, yeah. written and directed, and this stars Lupita Nyong'o. No? Yes? <laughs> that just rolls I mean, off that of was, your tongue. Did it, you know, was that okay? Why are you looking at us? How the hell do we know? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was definitely as good as I expect a white man to get it. Okay. It was pretty good. That is, that is so racist. I'll, was it racist? Hmm. I'm sorry. I really don't know it's racist anymore. The world keeps changing so fast. Winston Duke. <laughs> also stars Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, Tim Heidecker. Oh, yeah. That Heidecker is a show. fool. That's right, an Heidecker. odd one. Oh, I don't the, even know the neighbor. Oh, uh, the, the neighbor? Tim and the, Eric. The ever watch that thing? Kids uh, loved it. No. Uh, the kids are all about it. I was told we had to come out to Akron for this one because there was going to be a debate. Let me just get a feel for where we are in the room. Where were you on Get Out, Oatman? I loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. Thought it was uh, inventive, thought it was well done, thought it was a real a real seamless mix between social commentary, but just a real solid Saturday matinee kind of popcorn chomping kind of movie where if you didn't care about any social issues at all, you would love it. Or if you really had an investment in the way in which we betray African-Americans and all of that kind of stuff, you would love it on that level. So I, I loved Get Out. I thought it was one of the best films of that genre I've seen in I don't know how long. Very eloquent. I agree with every word. That's okay. exactly how I felt pretty much. I enjoyed Get I'm not a horror fan. Um, Nor I. Nor and, I particularly. And that one, yeah. you can put it, it's technically in the horror genre, but yeah. it's, it doesn't feel like a horror movie exactly. It's more like a thriller to me. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. It has that thriller aspect to uh-huh. it. But Peel calls it a horror film, so I guess that's uh. what it is. But may, and maybe we can disagree with him, but this one is much more of a horror film. Yes. Oatman, would you like to start or should we start with our guests? I, th- I think we should we should let our guest go first. He's okay. far more articulate. Oh no, that that's certainly not true. <laughs> All right, so Jordan Peele follow up to highly anticipated follow up to Get Out. This yes. thing has been a tremendous financial success. Crazy. It's done. Oh, way so it's made money. Records. Oh, oh, wait, oh, tons. Seventy uh, million, like the first week rated R movie. Oh, that's what's up. The scuttlebutt is this is the highest grossing film to come out in years. Not based on some other property. Oh, wow. Since Avatar. Really? Whoa. Yeah. Get out of here. 
That's, that's impressive. That is that impressive. Is, that is not, or it might speak to the amount that, of remakes. Thing. Exactly. I think that has more to say with the state of the industry. Yeah. <laughs> it's not making Avatar bucks yet. Uh, Avatar was insane. So, so I'm assuming this is going to make what Get Out made or more. Oh, it's already surpassed Get Out. Oh, really? Already. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. This is this is because of Get Out in, in a way. I'm not gotcha. saying. Yes, it's before a we even talk about the film. Yeah, yeah, it's like people were looking forward to this. It's the new thing from that guy. Get Out was kind of a slow burn. Right, right. Get Out also didn't have any big leads, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it was the girl from Girls. Mm-hmm. And you telling great. me Bradley Whitford didn't do it for you? <laughs> <laughs> but this one has Lupita and, and uh, the other it's guy, two Winston. stars of, of, of Black Panther. Panther. So you got the Black Panther yeah. stuff coming on top of that. Yep. Yeah. All right, John, where are you at on this? Um, I think that it is a pretty standard horror movie. And I think everybody is going a little far with the the reading into it. I think they're making it much more. I'm not impressed. What do you mean by the reading well, into you it? You know, I, if you look on the internet or you know, just type in us, you're going to find out all these people breaking the movie down. Sure. In my opinion, it doesn't big to be broken down to me. I think it's <laughs> pretty straightforward. I think the, any social commentary that is there, I think it's pretty straightforward and, and a little bland. And What is the social commentary you see? Well, it, it's it's obvious that there's this kind of class thing about the have and to have the privileged and the underprivileged sure. sort of living these sort of sh- shadowed existences, you know, the underprivileged shadow the the privileged you know for every time this girl is eating food the other one's eating the 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 raw rabbit you know like i get it (laughs) (laughs) but i'm I'm not i'm not moved it's 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 it's, any social commentary there is nothing more that i couldn't like find on like my timeline at any given moment of people kind of making these critiques on culture they're everywhere and i don't think there's anything that is really adding to that that is at least in what i'm seeing couldn't you make the same argument about get out though that, that's what i was about to say I, I agree with with what you're saying but the appropriation of the black body by white people above you on a social ladder that's nothing new either um no i think that there. what get out did and i think what it did most successfully was i think it gave us a vocabulary a way to understand it created this this concept of the sunken place you know and i think that sort of its most powerful insight, you know, is its its critique on the ways in which black people existing in white spaces often find themselves sort of lost inside themselves, you know, searching for. No, what I'm saying is you were saying that there was nothing new, but I'm saying that's nothing new. I, mean. I disagree with that. But that, that I think that it's that I, that, the, vo- that vocabulary of being of double consciousness. I mean, should we just say WB Du Bois? Should we uh, say? I think it's I mean, something that, I think I well for one thing I would say that that's not new. Yeah, but when did Souls of Black Folks come out? You know, and, and I do understand that we we well, can that's, talk about that's double my consciousness point. all that's this. Not, that was yeah, it was old. That's my point. There's nothing new. It's just a replication. He just basically dug up an old W.B. Du Bois no- novel and put a black dude in it. I mean, it's nothing. Well, new. I don't think it's that. It's just simple. a good movie, but I that's not I a new concept. I don't think it's that. I think that the I think that conceptualizing it as the sunken place, right? So 
maybe the double consciousness in the sunken place share a major I- the, the idea is what about say? France for nine and I mean I can go on and on and on well and first on and foremost how, do, how are those things really I mean, especially talking about France fanning is that really mainstream I mean are people really well, we, we didn't say mainstream John. we said is it is it something new or a new concept well the concept vo- of vocabulary so when you say it created a well, new vocabulary, uh, vocabulary is certainly calling it the sunken place what I'm saying when you call it a new vocabulary that vocabulary already existed he um, may he may have double consciousness had different um, connotations I think uh, and mostly because of the time that it was you know coming out of I think that the sunken place I think well maybe what it is is it does give uh, a new generation a way to enter into this conversation in a, a, a new way around a very similar concept either way what I'm saying is that the thing that I can see that Get Out did that I don't really feel like is done in us is at at least at the very least it opened up that concept of the sunken place even I, if that concept I, I, is I think, echoing things from the past I think with all due to deference I think you're confusing two major things I think you're confusing craft with 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 sort of um, intellectual practice I think intellectually they sit in the same place I think one is just a better movie. I just think one is a prettier movie. It's just one is just a better crafted film. And I think that's get out. I agree with that. I just think it's a better movie. I don't think it creates any new vocabulary. I don't think it opens up any new windows into anything. Well, I think, I think um, if I'm anything, I, I think if anything, that. get out of the two is probably the least groundbreaking in its view or vision of what it's trying to do. It's just a way better film in some ways in the ways that it is crafted. And I grant you that. What I liked about us, though, was the intellectual side. I liked the fact that they made an attempt at redefining sort of, and and it can go in two different ways. We can say the African-American male on film or their place in the film. The fact that he was not sort of the beacon of strength. He wasn't the one. He was the one that that tripped and fell when they were getting chased. You're talking about Gabe played by Gabe uh, played by uh, Winston, Winston Duke. Winston Duke. I like the way that character was framed. It was a it was sort of a redefinition of what is manhood, what's maybe black manhood. I hadn't seen that in anything that I can recall. You know, he was sort of a different kind of African American man. And I like the fact that Lapita, who is the female, she's the strength of the movie. She's the physical strength of the movie. She's the one that has to go and fight the demon. She is the one that has to submerge in the basement with stick in hand to go slay the dragon. When they're when they're in that uh, their neighbor's house, their friend's house, and he's just like, "Let's just hang out here." <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> She's she straight up says that thesis in a sense, which is like, "You don't get to make the decisions anymore." Exactly, and and I, I just thought that was a really interesting exploration. Okay. Uh, uh, in a film that I, I will admit has its holes. I think the first, I think it's broken into three different parts. I think the first two parts are fine. They're, they're decent enough. I think it gets lost a little bit in that last third. I think there There's is some, I got big problems with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I feel you. I think the, the only, the major problem that I have is that there is a major character shift from the um what do we call them the tethered the the tethered yeah which are a race of underground people there's a major character switch that happens in the last third of the movie that makes no sense to me and i don't understand which character are we talking about uh, within all of the tether, they go from being sort oh, yeah. of sort of these bloodthirsty people from a lower class who have been oppressed, who have now come up to the surface to re- 
revenge and mm-hmm. to bring about retribution. And they go from that to doing some weird hands across America where they're almost catatonic. Maybe I missed what that meant or what that was, but that makes no sense. And I didn't understand the hands across America. I mean, I understood it in the sense that I lived it and I remember a hands across America, but why that was this centerpiece at the end of the movie makes absolutely no sense. I didn't get that. That was a problem. And I thought also a problem was the fact that in Get Out, we got to see the people who were imposing this class, uh, this sort of uh, warfare upon African-American people by taking their brains. And we never get to see the people who are running that underground complex or what are their motives or what are they doing? The film desperately misses this. This movie collapses underneath the weight of its own premise. There's so many ideas in here. Unfortunately, the more he tries to explain and provide some context, the more it doesn't make sense. If if it were kind of less explained as it was in Get Out, like you get the idea of what's going on and why things are happening or other horror movies, I guess, but or science fiction movies or metaphysical movies, whatever you want to call it. The more they tried to explain this away, they were like, "Well, where do they get the clothes?" Yeah. Like, how do they have the exact same clothes just walking around the park? That's a lot. How do they have the same thriller t-shirt? Yep. Um, where do they get the red, where do yeah, they even get the scissors? Suit, Why do they the all scissors. get, only have one right-handed glove? How do they even nap? If they're following them, how do they have control over themselves at other times? And then Why aren't they just bouncing into walls all the time? Why is it they get to move them sometimes, but not all the time? Spoilers. Why, when the switch happens, why does the girl who's now underground who got replaced... Is she under control? I mean, how does any of this even work? I absolutely where, agree. Where do the rabbits come from? Where I, are the scientists? I what? agree. The, 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 how third they of the, the third of the film where we get a look at the underground complex, the second that we go to the, that corridor, mm-hmm. that's where the film collapses. Yeah. Like, like it, it, it sort of, it kind of reveals the wizard behind the curtain and there's nothing, like that's where it falls apart. Up until then, I like a lot of the stuff that they're doing before then. I like the first parts. I like the home invasion part. I like the part where they all split off on their own battle when it, against their own double. I like I like those. When it sections. seemed like magic, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was kind of with it. Yeah. When it wasn't explained. It's just the more you explain it, the more questions you have. It's like, how does this even work? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and there's some things that are kind of weird that are introduced, like the... At some point, the little boy can control yeah. the other yeah. little boy, but like that's never really explained. But, well, that is explained, but it's just not consistent. Yeah. They're tethered. So he's basically tethered to him, so he has to mirror yeah, his Yeah, but action. what I'm saying is, why Why in that moment? That's what I'm saying. It's not consistent. Yeah, how did well, that... In that moment, it's not... It's, it's, I don't explain, know why how it's happening. It's I don't explained, know but not consistent. It's why can they control them sometimes and not other times? I agree. Like, that's, that's not And explained. how did that kid even figure it out? Maybe it was the mirror thing and the the cupboard, whatever, and the, the father does it as well. He hits his own head against the boat to get the guy off of him. Stuff like that happens. One thing that really bothered me. She, I'm always interested in what, what sticks in your craw, because it's never what I think it's going to be. <laughs> so the red... The duplicate of Adelaide. Adelaide. The duplicate of Adelaide shows up and handcuffs says, "Handcuff yourself or tether yourself to the the table." And when Adelaide goes uh, red, the duplicate runs off to go check on things. She needs to get to the fireplace to get up the poker, Mm -hmm. but she can't reach it because she's trapped. She's tied handcuffed to a table. Mm -hmm. It's is that table 
Did she not move the is table? There, is what's going on with tables? That's a really heavy table. What's? It's not a really heavy table. It's a regular old wooden coffee table. Why is it nailed down? Who does that? <laughs> Who nails a coffee table to the ground? It's insane. Uh, sorry, this really. movie's awful. This movie's not awful. No, you're right. I, it's not awful. <laughs> it, it's it's troubled, but not awful. It's it, got there's too much. There's it's just it falls under the weight of everything he's trying. He's got a lot of cool ideas. I, I, I agree. Like I, I I agree I agree with what you're saying. Only the only take that I push back on is the take that and, and I think John, you said this. Well, there's nothing here to be an, a, analyzed. There's nothing. I said, well, there is subjective truth. I mean, there's just a subjective thing where something you just don't like. But then there just has to be objective truth. There is a ton of coded stuff inside of this. Too much, in fact, probably. In fact, in fact, some of it I think is confusing. It is a little confused. So, I'll, I'll, I'll grant you that. But to say that it's not there. I think that's. I don't think he said it's not there. He said that there's not a lot here to be critiqued or to be broken apart. No, I I think it's. I don't think there's a lot of. It's hard because you're right. It's some something is is, is subjective, so it's hard for me to say objectively that there's no use in what this movie has to offer. Because I'm sure for somebody, perhaps there is something that they could be. No, I, I think. I think that's a fair critique to say there's no use. That's fine. But I'm just saying to say objectively that there is no embedding in this film. There is there is intentional embedding of messages all throughout the film. Now, if they work, that's fair. If you like them, that's fair. If they don't land at all, that's fair. But to say they don't exist, now that's not fair. That what I'm saying is that they don't exist. I think I just don't think I don't find it profound. I don't. And the conversations that I, you know, end up hearing or the things I read, it just feels to me like people are reaching very, very, very deeply and creating this profound analysis. That's really like the only profound thing is their own imagination. But see, a lot of that is there. But see, a lot of that is there intentionally, though. The reason that they're reaching for things is there, there are so many messages that are subliminal or embedded in the background or that are there to be read later like Easter eggs because of that function, there's almost a necessity to break them down. Now, if they if they work, that's fine. Or if the film isn't even good enough for those things to really matter to you, that's fine too. But to say that they're not there and maybe not worthy of a second more critical look, I think that's a harsh critique because I think the author himself, if nothing else, he's extremely ambitious, maybe too much for his own good, but extremely ambitious, and I think that's a that's an unf- that's the kind of dismissal you give to Leprechaun Four. I don't think this is Leprechaun Four. Okay. I think I think there's a lot he's trying to do here socially, racially, uh, redefining gender roles. I mean, that's some interesting stuff. I mean, like redefining <clears throat> gender roles. Like, it's like you're saying all that because for one thing, it's like it's weird for me because I'm struggling with this idea that somehow casting a black woman specifically as being the more the the stronger entity of the two especially in the tradition of black people that somehow that's new actually I think that's being used against us quite a bit. You know what I'm saying? That's new in film I can think of only one other film that does that and that's the Predator movie where we have Alien vs. Predator Alien vs. Predator we have Sanai Lathan where she is the hero of an action slash horror franchise and she's the lead kick-ass 
physical presence that leads as the hero of that story. I can't think of many others. Can you? I mean, well, any Wonder Woman. I don't know any movie. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is an African American. Well, you just you didn't use references of African American. I was talking in the context of African American. Okay, but then you talked about apologies. I wasn't clear. African American. Name them. Well, I, I we'll wait. We got a couple minutes. I don't. I don't know. So nine Lathan and Al- Alien versus Predator. Who else? Boy, is that silence over here? <laughs> I mean, because I'm just not. I'm not sure exactly what what you want me to give you right I'm now. I'm saying name another. Name another African American film in which is, we cast an African American film instead of being a welfare mama, instead of being an angry black woman, instead of being a six foot five dude in a dress, instead of being that, being an actual action protagonist that is the hero of the story in the most traditional sense. That is the physical presence that has to go and slay the dragon as joseph campbell talked about that that occupies that and in fact has to be the strength for her family where the, the male characters fall uh, apart name me five or six I films that do that i guess when you talk about in terms of being a physical force we talk about action movies or suspense movies or horror movies this particular genre that i can see what you're saying That's but cool, it, but it doesn't but the portrayal of the black woman as being the strength of the family in, in cinema or anywhere else, what I'm saying is that that is in no way new. And I don't, I'm not even sure that it's particularly. We're not, we're not talking about just the strength of the family. We're talking about also being the protagonist of the film. The protagonist being, of the film. And being the an lead. Action and, and or be, in a exactly. Movie? Particularly in this genre. Well, you know, I don't the, see very many black point, women in these kinds of roles. That's my point. In, in a movie like this. Thank you. Hence but my I'm, point. But Thanks I'm agreeing me. with that. That's but what I'm, what I'm saying is that it's, you're right. It's existing both in terms of as a horror movie, as a suspense movie, but in larger, it's also existing as a movie, okay. as a piece of media, as another representation of black people in movies, in media overall. And what I'm saying is while there is some truth in what you're saying in terms of action movies and I'm, I'm allowing for that. But even in a wider world of, and even in the wider world of film, how often do you see a character like Winston Duke is not very often. Um, pretty, I, I don't know about that. You mean a black man who at the end of the, who pretty much, so what you have is a black man who at some point poses to be strong, right? He goes out with the bat, he has the bat, but then he's actually not able to protect his family and the woman actually in the end has to. Now, what I, I, I don't what think I was, that's pr- what I was talking to some, I was talking about a more complex question, and I think LJ pointed out very perfectly that scene in which there is essentially a transfer of power. We start off with Winston Duke in a sense driving the boat. He is making the decisions. When she doesn't want to go to the beach, he says go to the beach. He's that traditional male uh, lead of his head of his family, but there is a transfer of power that happens towards the middle of this film where she looks at him and says, you know what? Th- you that, don't make that, decisions anymore. That patriarchal power that you have used to rule over this family, that's gone. I'm going to be making the choices. And, there, and then there's that wonderful scene where they're in the car and she's driving. And, I'm, and it's an obvious metaphor, but she's driving and uh-huh. he is sitting over in the passenger seat, keeping his mouth shut. And then he, <laughs> and she's literally saying, Hey, just go do what your mom says. And there's this, that's such a wonderful transferal that you don't even see in the wider world of film and black cinema. You don't see that very often. And so just see- to see, to see that explored in a way I thought was interesting and worthy of study. So- that doesn't make this a great film. 
But I'm just saying that is something that is is not to be tossed away like this is Leprechaun 4. There's more happening here to be looked at and to be examined. That's all I'm saying. I don't deny that there's more <clears throat> happening there that could be looked at and could be examined, but it could be looked at and it could be examined in many ways, including examined in the way of the work itself, reiterating some some same old shit, right, about black men and relationships between black men and black women, right, and power inside of those relationships. Mm. That is also there. I didn't see a lot of same old shit, no. Well... I didn't. In terms of it being a black man who's ultimately weak but he's not weak that's the point the point is the whole point is is that winston duke isn't weak that's the point is that it's really just the a, point? it's just that she is strong what, see what, the idea is like when winston when winston, when winston duke weak. has the kids here instead of saying i'm going to play into a male dynamic and, and play into toxic masculinity and run after my woman when she gets yelled pulled in the house he says no I need to protect the kids. I need to make a smarter, better choice, and we'll get we'll get her later if we can. But I need to take care of the kids right now. So what he does is he doesn't give in to that, which which might have happened in a lesser film. He takes care of the kids and goes back after she gets pulled in there. I even heard some people in the audience say, "Hey man, ain't you gonna run after your woman?" You know, like he wanted him to go caveman. No, he had to be a little smarter. He had to redefine and what, what being a man meant to him in that moment to save his children. That's a, there's even a more subtle moment now that I think about it. When they're going to go get their their friend's car, uh, the keys are still in the house. He stays with the kids, she and she them. goes to get the keys. Yeah, she goes to get the keys. Uh, which is a small thing, but yeah. at the end, but it does subvert that kind of traditional. The, the woman's the yeah. caretaker, takes care of the kids, and the guy goes in. And so I I, I fight that notion that I oh, I don't think he is. I think he's pretty strong. I think that's why he ends up defeating. The way he defeats his double is he doesn't beat him to death. Even though you, you're he right, beats himself to death. Yeah, he outsmarts him. <laughs> yeah, he does. Even though it's not consistent enough, yeah. and I agree with the tether, he beats him with his brain. Instead Literally. of with his bulk. That's an interesting redefi- redefinition of a lot of ways in, in which a lot of African-American heroes and, and protagonists in action and moves of this genre are portrayed. I thought I thought some of that stuff was interesting. I thought it was very progressive and I thought it was in some way kind of brave for a filmmaker to do that in a horror movie. I think that's that's worth another look. I have a question about the the metaphor of the underdwellers. I said it was the film's confused about what it's trying to say, and I think this is a, a big part of it. The underdwellers or the underclass, the unprivileged, whatever, are they minorities who have been put upon and ignored and treated as an underclass, which makes sense to me, or are they the Trump voters who felt forgotten and rose up hmm. and wore red and then formed a literal wall across the country? Mm. Now that's interesting. I'm not sure what the messaging is no, here. It of... seems to make sense in the in the age of this. Tr- I mean, this movie happened two years after Trump's been in office. I missed that one, but that's a very interesting. That's interesting. That's where I'm confused on what the idea is here because they're not good people. I'm not saying to forget the political part. The people who come out, and it's hard to say because you can say the people who who commit violence have been so mistreated, and that's where this acting out comes from. It's nature versus nurture, that kind of idea. But it's you could make the same argument for those who voted for 
someone like Trump who who wanted to send a message, who wanted to spread chaos and make themselves seen. Hmm. I don't know what he's trying to do. And then they make a wall. A red wall. Hmm. It's confusing. That's interesting. That's, it's interesting. <laughs> now I need to go. <laughs> but that's as far as we're going to go with that one. Huh? I need to look I back mean, at that. It makes, me, uh, it makes me realize I think I need to look back at this film and take a, a look at that. And right. also I'm confused about the the main character who the movie plays it like it's supposed to be surprise. I don't find it surprising at all that the main character, Adelaide, is, was actually switched. Well, with, yeah, I got I mean, I think we all at the table picked up on that, I'm pretty I, sure. I, it seems like they're trying to make that seem like a reveal, but it's, it wasn't to me Yeah, wasn't uh, me at, at any point. But You you guess it as well. I mean, but it didn't make any sense to me that it, that would be the case. Well, it further confuses the message, because, like, how are we supposed to feel at the end of this about... And maybe that's the point. Like, there's no heroes, no villains. It's just like, here's a character who tried to escape her lot, but at the same time condemned somebody else who was privileged to this fate. I mean, and that girl gets murdered. I mean, what, what am I to take away from this? I think that perhaps what, what happens there is that we aren't able to walk away with an easy sort of hero, you know? Yeah. Sort of like, you know, we have to wrestle with the, the way that um, perhaps we're all a bit implicated. You know, I mean, well, if I mean, we were to take that is the title. And put a, yeah, right, right. <laughs> us, exactly. So the maybe US. that reflection back on. Yeah. And oh, that's another reason Americans. it might be about the, you know, it's like, we're, who are you? We're Americans. It's like, that's a weird line. Really Seems weird pointed. Line. But pointed. yeah, so if it is, if it is that, though, we're, we, there's no hero. We, we're not to take that away from this. This is where I come back to, I guess I just don't like horror movies, is I felt bad through all of this. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to feel like this. And at the end of it, I I got to the end and I was like, yeah, I feel bad still. I feel, I still feel bad. I'm like, I guess if that's your goal, it's not what I want out of my movies. But that's a personal thing. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> know, that's not, because that, I could make the same argument for Schindler's List. Yeah, you could. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody, you know, because I, I have lots of problems with this movie. I have lots of problems with many of these movies that are supposedly full of symbols and people. Not supposedly, they are. Okay, okay. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's subjective okay, okay. fact. That's just the movie. Fact. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. That okay. Jordan Peele made a movie and he put a bunch of these symbols inside the movie. Yeah. And that somehow that makes the movie important. Well, that's not true. What's not true? It doesn't make that it, it makes important. It important. Yeah. Oh no, no. But what I feel like is that that is what I. It's important to me. That's <clears> what <throat> I don't find the movie important. I think that's fair. You know, I think that's my essential issue here. I don't think the movie it doesn't feel particularly important, and in any regards. So what I was saying about Get Up earlier was that for me and the way I felt, and perhaps what, and perhaps this is completely personal, right? And maybe for what I needed and where I was in my life, the metaphor of the sunken place really spoke to me. At well, that Get Out time. feels like a much more personal story but, than this does, right? But even even in my in my in my you know thinking of myself as a social uh, person, my my personal social self, right, my citizen self, right, it still doesn't us doesn't feel important. I I feel like there's so many other movies that are talking about essentially whether. Is doing it through metaphor or through symbol or not, but that are talking about the issues that we are experiencing socially. I think in, in ways that just feel much more impactful to me, that feel more moving to me, that feels more like it speaks 
to the heart of something. And maybe another part of it is just kind of being annoyed by a movie that plays around with, and I have, I, I love all kinds of absurdist work, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not saying that I have a preference towards like literal work or anything, but you know, in a time where tensions are so high, where there is so much at stake, maybe I don't want to see something that toys around with symbols about these things. Maybe I just want something that drives the points home a little harder. But then that drives cleaner. me. But then why do you like get out? Because that's full of symbols too. No, no. I said I'm speaking specifically to what us is talking about, right? And to you know me, I'm saying you the, said you didn't what's want at some, stake. With you said us. you didn't want something the that same that, things aren't at stake. You didn't, you didn't want something talking about these things using symbols, but get out uses that. Same no, I didn't. But Michael, this is the problem about this subject. What matter. I am saying is that get out is about a different subject. Okay. It's about a different subject that perhaps, and, and by the way, yes, it does play with symbols, but as we also mentioned here, it is also a lot more direct. It, the, the, the metaphor is a lot clearer also. So it doesn't, it's, it's not as symbolic as us. I think that, cause you mentioned that I don't think it's as symbolic as us. I don't, I don't I disagree with I that. I don't think that the, it's as, um, that the symbols. It's much more clumsy. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's clumsy, more clumsy, but, but I think the symbolic nature of both of them are pretty much the same. One is just a better movie, but I think that's different than than the fact that they're using symbols. I mean, when he's picking uh, the, the chair and then he's picking cotton, I mean, that's the, that type of stuff is all through Get Out. I mean, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, but a true. lot of it, though, I mean, even t- taking the whole fact that they actually talk about the sucking place, even taking the fact that it's a movie that's, that the symbols are, are, are about race, the United States, and that the subject in the movie is race. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those things, what I'm saying is that they're a lot more at the surface the the metaphors the symbols they're not as clandestine they're not as hidden and and sort of inside the story as I feel like yeah I think that's I think that's I think that's poor analysis uh, for us the, it's it's at the very surface that you got eleven all over you got twins all over the joint I mean it, no but you uh, have to then but then what you have to do is you have to go you have to there was go a VHS research. copy of a man with two brains on that <laughs> shelf. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. To, I had to make a dumb joke. You have to go then ahead. go research Jeremiah eleven eleven. You have to then go research. You have to then. So what I'm saying is that it does require more work in order to uncover what the symbols are trying to articulate. It, it requires more work, perhaps, in us, where I feel like it's a more direct conversation about race and get out than it actually is about you know, class privilege or whatever in, in us. Yeah, I don't think that's accurate. Okay. So, think, so what that, time, I what think part there was of- more. I think there was more work to try to figure out some of the, the silly plot points, but I don't think there was a lot of, I don't think it was about necessarily the subject matter of it. I think the subject matter of it, to me, I think I kind of got it pretty clearly and loudly and strongly. I must admit the Trump thing, but I, I kind of missed that. But like the idea of this class warfare and I eat rabbits and you eat too. I thought that was pretty straightforward stuff. I think some of the plot points, and again, we're talking about sort of the themes versus actual uh, sort of just storytelling. I think some of the plot points were a little murky, but I thought the actual messaging was, I thought it was pretty straightforward. I, I thought, for me at least. I, no, I don't think, I don't, that's not what I call straightforward. It wasn't a movie where they ever actually talked about class. 
They were talking about class all over the place, John. Okay. What are you talking about? Certainly, Michael. That's what they were talking about. <laughs> you don't about. think you didn't get the class message? I absolutely that? got the class messaging. But what I am Was saying, it murky to you? What I am telling you is that Get Out is a movie about race. We're all without. We're, and Us is a movie is, about class. Clearly so. But there is a metaphor even about class. For instance, the people. And there's a who, metaphor in Us about oh class. Oh, my goodness. Michael, okay. <laughs> it, it's handled incredibly differently. It's storytelling. The people like I said, who live... Okay, so... The storytelling the tether, is different. The tethered, right? The tethered. That is a metaphor, right? For what? What do we think? Well, you just You just gave two options. You just said it was... Either yeah, Trump I don't have an answer. But okay, but, but whatever. Who are the tethered? I, I don't know. That's not the point. The point What's is... The point? the point is the message of the film was about haves and have-nots. It was about the class distinctions that exist in America. I thought that was really clear. That's- I thought, I mean, I thought it was like blatantly clear. But I think it's, it, I think maybe the, maybe I don't know if I can bridge the gap on this at all. I think it is blatantly clear, but I also think it's incredibly clumsy. Yeah. And I think it is not well thought out. I don't disagree with any of that. I agree with that. I, th- that's what I'm saying. I think it's the storytelling element that's the problem, the, the way the story is told. But he's talking about the actual sort of, uh, imagery and sort of the issues that it's addressing i didn't find the the issues that it was addressing to be that coded to me i thought it was uh maybe if if anything over emotive not less i think they were pretty if anything i I I don't think that they were i don't i would have made coded i would have made it more of a mystery i would have made it not more explicit but less yeah i think i think we might be having a different conversation if this movie tried harder to avoid answering those questions about how all of this works i agree if if this were much more of a mystery as it was in get out a lot of the the details were kind of like left out of it and i'm not saying it'd be as good as get out i don't think it would be but it would be i think more satisfying a lot of my favorite movies are the ones where you get out you come out of it and you say what are these metaphysical questions and nature of existence and existential questions this is an existential movie in a lot of ways, but I think it tries to answer those existential questions, and those are never really that satisfying. Especially the more you try to answer them, the the less they make sense. There's a there's a montage in this film that almost feels like it comes from an executive note. There's a montage in which she oh, talks wait. about the exposition scene. Yeah, at the end. she's talking about how how she organized them and yeah, how they yeah, yeah. and it almost feels like a note that comes from an executive who says, "Hey, I don't understand what's going on. Could we clear that up?" And then there's this montage attack to where they're explaining it, and the more that they're explaining it, the more I'm having more questions. Yeah, the more more it doesn't make any sense. It, it makes me question it more. Like that stuff was just like clumsy storytelling. Yeah, it felt a little tacked on. The messaging I thought was, was here's a, was here's, good. A, here's an image I actually enjoyed uh, and thought works is and it's maybe it's clumsy, but the uh, the w- there's only a way down. The escalator only goes down. Yeah, I like that. There's no escalator up. I thought that was cool. And there's one big central- little thing. Yeah, there's one escalator going down, which also helps symbolize that kind of that class thing. And I think that's probably yeah, no, that's, maybe it's simple, but it's probably the best image that communicates the theme probably of anything in here maybe i'm going too far but that, no, that was, was just, a, that was good i liked it i thought uh, it was a, it didn't occur to me at first when i saw it, but upon reflection I was like oh because when she had to go up it, during that montage and they don't see her we don't see her traveling up the escalator but she gets up there 
But there's the only way to get up is to travel it, which is harder. It's more of a struggle to go up a down escalator, which comes back to that uh, place of privilege, class, trying to race. Climb, trying to climb thing. a social ladder such as Exactly. So that, it brings me back to, I'm not sure what the tethered is supposed to represent because it seems to rep, it could be anything. It could, it could be this, could be that. The imagery is a little muddled. Anyway, uh, it, forget the uh, politics and the symbolism of it and all the internet nonsense. John, how was the film? It was okay. <laughs> it was an okay horror movie. As as just a movie, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, if I was just... Actually, I think the best way to watch the movie is just as a horror movie. Just taking it as you see it. Are you a horror fan? Movie. No, I'm not particularly a horror fan at all. But... For me, I thought that there was things that I could enjoy. Like, um, there was some moments where I jumped. Sure. You know, there was some, um, it's effectively creepy. Yeah. You know, and so I think that it, it, it succeeds on that. And I think also a lot of the people that were around me at the movie theater when I would kind of mention some, cause I saw a lot of the same things that you were talking about in terms of just things that didn't seem to make sense mm-hmm. about just the, the mechanics of the world as the more they explained it. But whenever I talk about that to people, it's always like, well, it's just a horror movie, so it's okay that there's plot holes because people don't have the same expectations. I guess. I never liked that answer. You know? But I guess. What do I know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, the, the truth is, is that I've watched horror movies my whole life that had plot holes like everybody else, you know? And I, like I said, I don't think that those are sterling examples of cinema, but you, you accept it for the, for the ride. For the jumps, and right. that's what I got from it. Maybe I want to end this on a, uh, a real provocative question. Given the twist at the end of this thing, is is Jordan Peele the new M. Night? Guy I who hope, starts out strong. God, I hope not. And then mm. takes starts taking a fall and getting up his own butt about what he's trying to do. I don't know. He has like a 95% approval rate on... So did M. Night. I mean, but for a second film, for Unbreakable? Unbreakable was, well, I mean, it wasn't a huge yeah. success. So there, That's where this falls apart a little bit. But Unbreakable, I think, might be his, I, I have to revisit it still, but I think it might be his film. best film. Yeah. One of. Oh. Okay. No? You don't like Unbreakable? I don't think Unbreakable is his best film. Which is Sixth Sense? It's got to be a Sense is his best film. Well, yeah, six, I agree. Six Sense is probably better, but yeah, it's in the right. top two or three, though, right? I, you know what? I liked Unbreakable a lot more after I saw the sort of sequel to it. Oh, well, everything looks better compared pick up, to that. I saw that they were going to pick up the story, but to me, if it just stopped at the end of Unbreakable, then it just, it just left too much to, to, to be desired from the story. I didn't, you know, it doesn't really come alive until I find out that, that he's really a superhero and, it happens at the end of the movie. You know? I'd love that journey. But again, it's been a long time. I have to revisit that thing. And I don't think it, I think it was it had really mixed reviews by critics. Maybe you're right. I was part of it, it was too, twenty was a, years ago. It was so badly advertised in a way. Well, not badly advertised. It was deceptive. they tried to make it look like the Sixth Sense too. You yeah, know, it was it, kind of deceptive in, into what it, I mean. You didn't even know like, oh man, this is a superhero movie. Like you didn't even know what you were watching for a while. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit of my trouble. But if Jordan, you know, I'd like to see maybe this is just selfish. I'd like to see him make not a horror movie. It's just because I'm not a fan of the genre. I, I think he's an extremely talented filmmaker, but I think he's, I think that's what he want. he's chosen to do. He's producing that new Twilight Zone show. Like, this yep. is, he loves Serling, you know, this is where he's going to be. All right. I guess it's, it's lucrative. But, I mean, if he moves into the Serling direction, that may take him away from horror naturally. 
Maybe. You know what I'd like is a sci-fi movie from him. That's what I was about to say. You know, to me, I've always said that. Now that you mention it. That Twilight Zone is more akin to sci-fi than it is. But it's to, a kind of a Bradbury-ish yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, but yeah, but it's a little further away from what I think, at least what I've heard him say he wants to do, which is like hardcore horror. Yeah. He's a huge horror fan. I would like to see him go more towards the, the surling direction would be better for me. Where we have more allegories and social themes and things yeah. like that. Well, he's got some he wants story. To bring it to horror. I think yeah. he, I think he wants to create his own genre. That's what it sort of seems yeah. like, you know. So, I'm I'm interested in seeing where this journey goes. Well, he's certainly making horror films that reflect what we're talking about and dealing with. I mean, yeah, the first one, to some degree, obviously. Uh, get out certainly in here with privileges and so on. So, uh, it's fine. I enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. I'll never see it again. I have to see it. At it's least too unpleasant time. for me to sit through. I felt like the first time through, I I missed some stuff that mm-hmm. I want to go. Like I, I definitely want to take that theme of the Trump stuff and look at it again with a different lens. It's there. I want to look at that, I, and also want to just I don't review know if it's intentional. Some of the the background stuff that I wasn't paying attention to first time through. All right, well, report back. I definitely will. And with that, we will talk at y'all next week. Please check us out on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, the Google Play Music Store, our podcast, disagreepodcast.com, and leave us a review. Tell an enemy about the show. And with that, we will talk at you next week. Bye-bye. Nice to have you on the show, John. As always, peace and chicken grease. I'm saying is that the the da- Daniel Alleluia, what's his name? Kaluya. He is a black man. He represents a black man inside of a white world, right? The whites are white. The blacks are black. We are I, talking about black and white relations. That. I think it's more complicated. It is more complicated, okay, but what yeah. happens is that we get to talk about how race is more complicated. Okay, I, I think it represents a little more than that, but I, but I think the point is, is you're right. I think what that issue is being addressed there is very blatantly clear. I agree with that. I just think for me, just me, it was very clear in in us as well what they were addressing. It, it was, was very clear to me. It's clear. There's no doubt about it. It's clear enough. Matter of fact, it was too clear. I agree with that <laughs> too. See, I agree with that, Michael, but that's what I'm saying. If they were, in fact, having, which, of course, I know they are, okay? I know that us is... A satire. Why are you doing some, this off the radio? We could have been doing this on the radio. On the uh, podcast. I don't want to argue with you on the radio. That's what the podcast is for, John. We do it uh, more often. Uh, the last episode, we got a little heated, too. This happens. Yeah, it just happens. happens. It's okay. It's okay not to agree. That's but the, what the makes, problem us, is what makes America like, great. You're confused, and then you start talking about something that's different. You start talking about a different uh, nuance. Tell me, I, I'm not even sure what you're talking about. What, at least right now. Explain to me what the debate is here. The tethered are a metaphorical concept. Okay, for? That represents, as you said, you gave two examples of what they could represent. The underground, the underclass of America, right? You even said Trump Like supporters. racial minorities or yeah, Trump supporters. Yeah, of course. Yeah. We can talk about underclass in many different ways. Or your Trump supporters, you know, that they it could represent, right? So now what we're talking about is what do the tethered represent right that is 
separate from what the tether actually are in the movie. The tether are not, they, they are not wearing MAGA hats. So they are certainly not literally Trump's. And they're multicultural. So they're certainly not blacks. You know what I mean? So it's so, because they don't literally, so it's because it's a metaphor, you don't, it's no, it's not as good. No, 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 no. Hold on. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just trying to understand. I'm just. What I'm saying, Michael, Michael, you made a comment. You, you said something. I told you that I felt like I, maybe us was tinkering around too much with metaphors, you know, in a way about something that I feel maybe I want to see something more pointed about. And you said that us is very pointed, right? Did, did you not say that? I'm afraid to talk to her because you're going to yell at me. Can I? So did you not say that? <laughs> I just don't agree with your point. I hear what you're saying. I think you've co- you have very coherently made your point, and I get your point of view. I just I just thought it didn't hit me that way. Now, if it hit you that way, I respect that. It didn't hit. If me you that get way. my point of view, can you tell me my point of view back? Oh boy, is that you felt that uh, us was uh, not clear enough in what it was trying to hit? It didn't hit it specifically enough or on the head enough for nope. you. Because it's not about enough. I didn't say that. It Pointedly didn't. enough? I don't, well, maybe I don't understand. No, no, no. I'm not saying that it's not enough, Michael. Okay. I'm saying that the tether were a metaphor. The tether, the blacks and get out, black, that's not a metaphor. That's all I'm saying is that there is no guessing. There is no other question about what Daniel Kaluuya represents inside of the space that he's in in that movie. Okay. However, the tether, right? Yeah, but I don't but, I mean, but, but see even inter- your even your founding point, I don't know that I even really Okay, so what what do you think about that then? I think there was an interesting part for instance in Get Out where yeah, clearly it's about race. No yeah, doubt about okay. I'm not denying it, but it also has some other shades to it too. Like there's a part about they make a real big deal to let us know that he's an artist. And then these are these people who are people who appreciate art. And there, and the guy who wants to appropriate his body part, what he really wants from him, he doesn't want his strength that comes with sort of the stereotype of the black man. He doesn't want that. He he wants his talent. He wants his view. Like his acquisition of him has nothing to do with race. His acquisition has to do with his talent. He wants his eyes. Uh, He wants he wants his his vision. As opposed to I see the that. other ones who want that, more of a physical. So, like that. as an artist, when I saw that, I said, "Wow, that's a really." And I know that it's coming from an artist. I said, "Wow, that's an interesting slice that he kind of put in here amongst the race." Which I agree, he put another slice in but there, which is about about those class people who want to appropriate and glom onto those artists and take from them. Or appropriate from them in a way. And I thought, oh, that's an interesting area of exploration. So I thought Get Out was even more complicated than just about race, even though clearly it's about race. Yeah, but even I, even that, I don't think it's completely not about race. Because then, here's the thing, Daniel Kaluuya's body is still up for auction. Not because he's an artist, but because he's black. So it's still because he's black that no. even as an artist, his body becomes a oh, no doubt. of parts. No doubt. I'm just so even that is happening inside. No doubt. And so that's what I meant when I said that it's it's certainly about race, although it certainly becomes bigger. It's about other things. I thought I thought it's a, race touches out. Yeah, but I think it's also things. about I think it's also about uh, artists too. I think that's a slice of it's a small slice, but I think that's a part too, where it's not just about race. It's not just it, it has multi angles in which you can look at it. I mean, you can look at it that way, but and I, and I think I, I, see I think that it was more differently. And I think 
well, that's fair. Yeah. And I just think it's more complicated than that, even in that. And I just felt like with, with us, I saw something that was clearly about class, which I thought it was going to be about race, really, to be honest. I thought it was going to be something more like a sequel to Get Out. And Jordan Peele even said it's not really about race. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You talking about... Uh, us about us. Yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. I was I didn't I didn't read anything before. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was going to be. I didn't like either. A, I read it after. I thought it was going to be an unofficial follow up. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, this isn't about race at all. This I is see about that. class. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and about I'm, underclass. <clears throat> and about uh, sort of, in some ways, and I thought very much about when I learned about capitalism, about the way in which the only way that a capitalist system can really succeed is there has to be a sustained. Underclass, even when it's operating perfectly, there has to be an underclass underneath it Absolutely. to almost power it like an engine. Which, which goes back to this movie. Also, I didn't say it, in the, but it harkens back to like that Fritz Lang, you know, Metropolis. Absolutely, um, yeah. Absolutely. So when I saw this, I said, "Oh, that's what this is. This is about capitalism. This is about a class system. Right. This is about underclass." And to me, that hit like a hammer. I mean, it hit. Hard, And then once I, I realized that, because it happens pretty soon, you even start looking at how the Lee family, how they are from a certain class of people. Mm-hmm. You know, they have a certain way. Like, there's a great line in here where he says, he says, look, you can have my boat. Oh, yeah. And the daughter looks over at him and says, motherfucker, are you not paying not attention? To what they don't want, <laughs> they don't the want our dead. fucking boat, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> we can't buy our way out of this with your boat. Yeah. And I, I just thought all of those touches were, were, were so elegant, and I thought they were well done and funny, and I thought they were just uh, very straightforward to me. Uh, and 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 I think you, you're making the when you said well, we don't know specifically about. I think you're you're leaving out the possibility. It can be about all those things. It can be about the dude in the hood, or it can be about Trump supporters, and it can be that no, simultaneous. No, 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 no. I don't need it to be that. What I what I'm saying is that for me, for the first thing that we have to keep on table when it comes to me and us is that the movie is just so badly executed that I don't want to and. I don't mean that it's a terrible movie. I, like I said, I think that horror movies, for me, Just have always been a measure of how much do you jump. Like, does it make you jump? Is it a fun ride? And I certainly thought it was a fun ride. You know what I mean? The execution of the philosophy or whatever. The execution of but the But, yeah, we film. don't disagree on that. Just I, the, agree, I agree with that. And so it was... so so. I've been saying that from the It was difficult for me to then take these very important social issues and try to net through this sort of sloppy John, when I said the same thing to you, you got mad at me. That's what I said, that because of the storytelling elements, you are having difficulty ferreting out the social part. That's what I said. We agree. I don't know why we're yelling. We agree. I agree with all of that. It's the storytelling elements that, for you, make it more difficult for you to sub- separate out those social things for you. And, and I, I just, think that's fine. But I understand the social things. Fine. I just think it's such a poor example. Like, it's like... We don't disagree. I, well, I agree. Well, I, I agree. I agree that, that okay, that's your well, view of I mean, I understand that. See, Michael, so here's the thing. You're a steamroller, and I don't think you always realize it, but you are. <laughs> so then what steam- happens is that I'm like, okay, i got to get in here. He's not understanding. So then I, I, so then I John, become John, what I need to be in order to be John, you had a, you had, I'm experienced. John, you're a bit of a steamroller yourself. I mean, you're pretty well known for it, in fact. That is your reputation as being a steamroller. But in this particular instance, <laughs> when I'm talking to Michael Open, I feel like you make... 
I feel like I'm trying to make my point. And I also think it's because you have a very sharp and direct way of like even communicating. You know what I mean? That's true. And I and I That's feel like my way of communicating isn't as sharp and direct as yours. <laughs> it's, it's pretty sharp. <laughs> no, no, it's still but I talk through analogies. I'm telling you, I went to France one time and they all told me I was a French communicator because they speak in stories. Apparently, and this is what I'm told in France. In uh-huh. Africa, that's right. a, that's the thing, right? About how so, we so I don't necessarily cut right to the point of, course, of what many I'm African saying. Countries speak French in the way that you do. That's very true, but in the way that you do, and so sometimes not only do you talk that way, but you expect other people to. So if immediately people aren't at what their point is, I feel like you you jump in and say, "Well, I disagree with that." Then boom, 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 bang, 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 bang. You know. That's my experience with you. All I know is this movie is very hard to masturbate to. <laughs> Did you try? Well, I didn't say it was impossible. <laughs> well, there's, there's, there's just hard. There's attractive people. <laughs> there's certainly attractive people. You should have put that on the podcast, there, Josh. There's yeah. doubles of attractive. We gotta do the after show with Josh. Yeah, he always oh. takes he always takes off the headphones. And another yeah, thing, I should have remembered. Uh, good news is, I did start recording again. When did you start recording again? About one minute in. I may put this. Uh, one, sometimes we put at the end of the show, like after we do the exit, I put a little extra bit at the end. I can't include this at the end if you're okay with it. Oh, I don't care what you. Okay, you can do whatever you want. It it, it won't sound as good. I told you, John is great to have on the show. I just need some kind of more preparation about, like, some kind of send me some questions. Just I don't really, I don't, but I don't have any. Think about in it. order for me to give you prep, I would have to prepare. I don't really prepare. I just go see the movie and just go talk about it. Well, um, you know, people are different at different things. You, I'm not as good at with just like you know thinking back on a movie. You're pretty good, John. Look, you're pretty analytical. This whole thing with the 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 sort of the. The masculinity thing. Yeah, that was really good. When you, when you, certainly after hearing you articulate it, then uh, it it comes to life for me a little bit more. Of course, you know. But and vice versa. One of the reasons that I would even one of the reasons that I would even notice something in that film of that sort is because a lot of conversations me and you have had for hours on front porches no, you, and stuff like you're that. You're right. No, you're definitely right about that element of the movie. Yeah, and so because of my conversation specifically with you, I am probably more attuned to that than, than probably I would be. But what does it mean that because of your relationship with me, you're more attuned to it, but I saw it and I didn't see it? More attuned to it just because we've discussed it before. I know, I, we, I understand we, that. We, but we've I talked about it at length. But then you would think that, that I would, that would be a part of the, my general framework, so then I would see the movie and see Oh, I don't, way. I mean, I, w- I don't know what your framework on that way. Yeah, I don't know what your framework on that kind of stuff. But it's I also just, possible you just look at, you're already kind of too... And like sometimes when I go into a movie and it starts to it, it go against my grain a little bit, and I'll stop. I won't pay attention, or I'll just miss certain things that are uh, that are things, even things I'm interested in. Like if something's working, usually I don't even notice things that would bother me. But when somebody points it out to me, I'm like oh, uh, you know what we should have talked about? I'm so sorry. I do think there was a subtle a subtle race thing in there. Okay. Um. And I think it has something to do with their privilege. Because like there's like these moments in the movie where they seem to be okay, keep on rhythm. And then she starts snapping. But she's not on rhythm. And she's not on rhythm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I wonder if that was some sort of 
comment in some way on the fact that she was not very much like. I thought that was our way of him saying she's not like everybody else. She's a She's out of sync. That's what it was trying to say. Oh, that's what you think? I think it was their way of saying that she was switched. It was it was sort of a foreshadow. Okay. I think it was a foreshadow, and a fairly clumsy one. I think it was a foreshadowing of she she is. I like sort of her being rhythmless. I sort of the family because being the idea rhythmless. is I think that, sort of them not um, being black in oh, a sense. Oh, you know? okay, yeah. And so then when the um, and this is just I don't know. I'm not saying Jordan Peele said any of this. I'm just saying what I was thinking about. So so then. When they come, right, they don't make, usually, of course, when we talk about minorities and you know, we talk about the underprivileged, we are talking about black people, or, you know, we usually get lumped in there. But this was a interesting moment where the black people, for one thing, the race was like never mentioned, right? And when the underclass came, they came for them too, right? Like they, in their privileged blackness, right, were just as privileged as their white counterparts, you know? And so, like, uh, almost like just as, you know, I mean, this, they deserved you, it too. To further the metaphor, when, when Red, the girl, switches place with Adelaide, she le- it's, and uh, this isn't my original idea, I saw this somewhere else, but it's like, it's kind of like she's leaving the ghetto and leaving everybody else behind. Oh yeah! Like she goes on to a better life, and mm-hmm. everybody and do, never even looks back. Yeah, at the people she left behind. So you could also keep that metaphor going there as well. Yeah, and she's willing to do anything she can not to yeah. go back to. You know, she saw an opportunity, took it, and never looked back. Never cared about any of the people she left behind. Uh, left them to suffer. Right. Which is also dark. And I just think that you know maybe maybe we should consider her blackness. You know, and what and what that could be speaking to. So the only way we could really consider her blackness. Well, there's also... It's only one way. Okay. We'd have to analyze the film again and take another look. I agree. She also gets... When it comes out. On back to that nature versus nurture <laughs> thing. She also gets um, an arts education. Yeah. Yep. Um, dancing, art, painting, that's, that's what they, they're like, well, we to get her to express herself, we'll do all this. Because she was that non-talk, another clue that they'd switch places, they She's the only one that can talk. She's the only one that can talk. And she, you know, when she comes the other back, they're like, speak, right? Right. No. And they can't. This is when I knew she was switched instantly, is because we didn't see what happened, and the next shot is, She's at some office or whatever, and they're saying, she won't talk, I want my daughter yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, but then she gets this education and is taught to be just like every, you know, everybody else in that society. But doesn't it sort of seem like some of the dialogue then is very strange between Adelaide and Red, right? If they're all alone, it's just the two of them. So like, wouldn't they both know that? You know, like, wouldn't Red know that the she's really Adelaide? There. So that wouldn't that confrontation be like, bitch, you stole my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it, yeah, the suge- yeah, you're right. It's you're another, right. But the, the confrontation should be there. The tomorrow. suggestion is that neither of them really... Remember? With Red, with Red, it seems like it was such a trauma to her. Like, that she may not be completely aware of what, ha- what happened. Her identity's probably been s- stripped in several ways. 
I would imagine it'd be a terribly traumatic experience to go through. Yeah, but it doesn't go along with the character thing of her being this weird. That's what I told. This is the thing about me that there was a switch where she essentially is this steely general who's putting together this entire elaborate. Yeah, yeah. There's so many things that don't make sense. Yeah, that don't. You're right, but but then Adelaide, uh, the the switch one, the one who grows up on the surface. I think the implication there is that she had just kind of repressed all of that memory and only gets it back in that last scene. Do you think like so? that's when she? That seems to be when she pieced it all together because there's she's driving and uh, she has this flashback, and that's when we actually see the switch happen. Well, I don't think so. So you think she, then, when she goes after her son, she, she knows, knows exactly right where, where to, to go. go. She she no, can, I know, I know that's, I know that's, she knows where, and that's why she knows how to do it. But I think that's, I, there. It seems to me that she only knows that through some kind, like it's some kind of in the back of her memory. Mm-hmm. It, there's an instinct within her, and it, the way the movie's shot to me is when she's driving. That's when we get the flashback. She literally has a flashback, and yeah. we see that thing happen. And then she looks over, and then she looks concerned. She looks over to her son, who's staring at her. And the implication is there that he knows that she is so actually... So she never, ever forgets what happens. In fact, it haunts her, whatever happened. It maybe. It looks to me she, like she had forgotten. No, because even when they go back to the place, she doesn't want to go to the beach because she knows what happened there. There's all these flashbacks to her going into the uh, going into the actual the, the House of Mirrors. You know what I mean? Like, she seems to be playing the memory... Yeah, and I, I, I can I can understand her, and she's been through numerous therapies, and she's been in. So you think maybe she can like remember parts of it, but she can't actually remember the I think switch. She, yeah, I think she she did not awaken as a, as the character we see until much later, and that's and when you're her talking life about the began. one that came from down there, the one that now, came from down there, and who's now Adelaide, who's now Adelaide. If that was his message, then he muddles it terribly. Like even the scene, it's a brief scene where they show her. As the switch girl sitting in the back, and she's in the back, and, and she's she smiling. No, yeah, she's like, yeah, but that again is late in the in the flashback in the in the very last flashback when we first see her yeah, in the I, back. I know, but I'm just saying, if, if at that moment she's sitting in a chair and she switched, it doesn't. But that's it. before we. That's before she gets goes through. That's when we first she first switches. That's what I'm saying. Like it, I think it, that part of her personality has been repressed since then. After all the therapy, that's when they're going home for the it, first it time. It makes it feel as though she's a very knowing player in this deception. And if if he if, if, if he meant what you're saying, she seems surprised. She seems surprised about this whole interaction from beginning to end. When even when she goes down there and fights her double, she seems to think she's the real person. That's the impression I get. I from don't her. know when they come up to that driveway. She kind of knows. Something she, she, right she but again that's instinct oh, yeah. stuff. I think that's still just like she she's been uncomfortable the whole time they've been back there. Mm. If she knew, if she literally knew, there's no way she'd let her family go to that beach. But she see, just I has think, a feeling. But see, I think that's a storytelling thing. I do too. I think it's just a bad storytelling. Well, I right. think we're I think whichever version I agree of, with whichever you. one of us is right, it's bad, it's clumsy storytelling. Yeah, I I, uh-huh. I agree with you. I think yeah, I think there's no way she let. And really, she would let him. If the character had more of a common sense arc, that they would, she would go near it or allow that to happen. Like, we yeah. go into Disney World. Yeah, but yeah. 
Regardless of whoever's right. Yeah. It, it doesn't work. Yeah, either way, it's clumsy storytelling. <laughs> yeah. it, it, right. But again, I feel like you can allow for clumsy storytelling in horror movies. I don't like that answer. Well, I I, I think I a lot like for if it's a, if it's you know Friday the Thirteenth or or you know uh, Michael Myers or of what, Nightmare on Elm Street, sure, fine. What, there's a difference between clumsy and something that is fantastical within the world of that genre. That's a little different. Like that um, that's that's a little. I don't mind a little clumsy storytelling, but that's a that's way beyond clumsy. That that's just. Um, it's distracting. Oh, like yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it actually is a boulder that sits in, in and literally stops you. Like, I don't know. Well, that's why I said it, colla- under, it collapses under its own premise. Yeah, it, it collapses on its own weight. I agree with that. that that's beyond. I mean, uh, you know. It's a terrible movie. What, 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 <laughs> what I'm saying is. It's not is, terrible. Well, see, what I'm saying is. <laughs> Come on. In the, in the first. I end up watching terrible horror movies all the time. In the I first just, 15 minutes, he literally ripped off that shot from The Shining again. How can it be terrible? <laughs> he loves The Shining shot, man, with the car, the overhead helicopter shot of the car. He's yeah. got to knock that off. I get it. In the first one, I was like, okay, that's cute. He did it again here. It's like, all right, let's knock it off. Yeah, knock it off. You know, you talked about um, um, uh, uh, Barry uh, Jenkins, you know, how he lingers on a shot too long and whatnot, you know, how he just kind of, I just sort of feel like, like, and they're beautiful shots. He's beautiful with a lens. I mean, some of his stuff. I mean, you can literally freeze frame him and have him. Oh, no, no, absolutely. You should see it because it's even more, it's golden, it's dripping like honey, it's beautiful. But, like, when I think about um, Jordan Peele, I just feel like there's, like, too maybe many clues. You know, like, too many little hairs, little red herring. You know what I mean? I don't disagree with that. I think there's a lot in here. I think there are a lot. And it's definitely hard to deal with, like you said, because I think you're right, and I think you help me understand my feelings better. It's, It's also very true when you already are just, like, distracted by the story, you know? And the story just isn't working at all. Then you're trying to watch it. So I did see it twice, actually. You did? I did. I saw it twice. Wow. Now, but the second time I watched it, I really did watch it as a horror movie. I wasn't trying to. You know, it's like for you just. Yeah, it was like, come on, let's just go. Let's just jump at the jumps. <laughs> you know. And I just, I just enjoyed it more. In order for a movie, in order for a movie to be like considered important, to be like this, you know, to give it all of this energy and this weight, should the film I itself think- have to have a certain amount of, you know, no. merit? I'm going to answer no. Okay, I, I don't think-, think, and I mentioned this before. I don't think Alien vs. Predator is an important film, but I think. The fact that it has an African- it's not even a good film that it has an African American female lead in it, I think that definitely makes it worthy of study. If I ever put together study. an African American film class where we talked about narratives, the way in which uh, African Americans are portrayed, the genres in which we are allowed to exalt, uh, I think that's that should be part of the conversation. That doesn't make the film per se important, but I think that's the conversation. I think the pedestal this film's been. I think the pedestal is Imitations film, of Life, the first one was horrid. Which I've one? never seen the first one. Yeah, but horrid is too strong. Which one? The one of the, the, the Imitations of Life, yeah. Oh. Claude was? Colbert. It wasn't horrible. But the, the, the portrayal of the mother is horrifying. Oh, come on, baby. 
God just so stupid? Could you take this money for me and take calves it from me? Because I don't know what to do with it. I mean, it's it's rough. It's that it's, literal text. It wouldn't, be, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> that, but yeah, that's, that's what, uh, and then there, she's not a movie star. They become pancake barons or whatever. She becomes like Aunt Jemima on the box oh. kind of thing. But it, and then she hands over all. She makes all this money, but because I'm black and I don't know what to do with it, she hands it to the white lady to to figure uh. out how to deal with the money or invest it for or whatever she because I just don't have no hands for nothing you it's the opposite it. of hidden figures yeah so she gives it to her and then continues to be her maid <laughs> yeah she, what you know, yeah it's, it's horrible but it's what? a white supremacy <laughs> fantasy wow <laughs> but but the film is worthy of study it's, mm-hmm. it, the film does, isn't necessarily okay good, but that doesn't mean that it isn't worthy of of study per se yeah, I think this film's worth looking at, okay. uh, but I think I don't think it deserves to be on the pedestal as I think maybe you're reacting to for, yeah. from some people. It I think that's largely happening because of Get Out. I think so too. I think so well, too. Because of Get Out and because there's a void. They're just a you don't you don't sure in this genre in particular you don't see anybody that really putting together something that goes beyond a couple jumps and starts. You just don't see a ton of that being done. There's some I of it, but it's not a ton of it. Yeah, you know, that that I can think of anyway. That's dealing with. Serious. I'd have to pay more attention to horror to know. Yeah, I can't think of many things that are really dealing with this kind of social political moment we're in that are trying to address that in any real way. That's just not a as common a thing. I guess the obvious thing is Dawn of the Dead. You know, consumerism and all. Of yeah, that. exactly. Um, that that definitely has. Some I, there's got to be something going on. And it's not that I think that us is simple. It's just that even even sitting here listening to the different things that we brought up, I, I none of that seems particularly like something that you can't find on any number, especially since we live in social media culture, especially since we're so over inundated with people's sure. ideas, I so dis- much information. I disagree so with much. that so strongly I can barely stay in my chair. I think there are <laughs> kids that I teach that we live in a curated world that they, you can curate your reality and they curate their reality and I think that this may have a way to penetrate in places that some of the stuff we in, we read real commonly or okay. might pop up on our feed I, won't pop up on a 13 year old 15 or a 16 or a 20 year old so, okay. feed. So, so I have cover- you seen the hate you give by any chance? All my kids have I didn't. Okay now it's a very look like know, a kid movie I was yeah. but, but at the end of the day I mean, it, it talks about social issues in a way that is actually very, very, very easy for a person of that age to to reach. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm just wondering, like, well, I had a discussion with my class just a couple of weeks ago about uh, we're we're analyzing texts, okay, um, and uh, and figuring out what those are about, and we looked at one short story, another one, and then I it, at one point I stopped and said. They were struggling with it. I was like, what, what's Black Panther about? And they start describing the plot. I was like, no, that's what happens right. in the film. What is it about? And we went on this whole long thing, and I was slowly guiding them toward, and it's about a lot of things, but among them, it's the idea of isolationism and a rich nation's responsibility to those who are, that's the fundamental argument between Killmonger and Black Panther. And we're going down, down this road, and then I eventually said, and who... Who do you think T'Chaka most represents and his father most represents, maybe here in America? And it took a while, but we eventually got to Trump. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is his philosophy of isolationism. Us for us, keep, the, keep foreign people out. And it helped to give them some context for what 
not only what that movie was about, but it made him think about the idea as it relates to their life now and yeah. what they're thinking about their current political state. There's more going on, even in a black, you know, it's an action movie with superheroes Absolutely. in it. But they never thought about it because they weren't used to thinking about it. Right. And I can see how that definitely stands for kids. But like, what about... They're not just kids. They're adults. They, well, these I mean, were adults. Documentaries? These were adult students in my class. Oh. But there are documentaries. Is it there so much other things that are talking about these issues? Well, well, sometimes, well, sometimes you can't do it all in one take. Sometimes it's just it, it may just take a flicker. And sometimes it becomes sort of a composition of a lot of different colors. You know, a lot of times, yeah, there are documentaries, but sometimes... You know, there are a lot of kids that are going to see us. There are a lot of young adults that are going to see us that won't go see a documentary. Yeah, and I can Sadly. see that from a large, a, a larger social standpoint. But I guess it's like, and I'm more interested in them thinking about it. I mean, a documentary is much more laid out. If I can get my students to actually think about a text, that's way more useful than being told information. In a way. I mean, the information is useful. Facts are great. We need to... Facts go away. I mean, as a teacher, I definitely understand what you're But I need them to be able to use this. Yeah. Much more. Facts go away. As you get older, facts vanish. Facts are like vapor. You know, and that's all of us. Even all of us who pretend, pretend to know facts. They vaporize. But sometimes narratives will stay. Sometimes stories will stay. And that was the power of the African tradition. Those stories, what they meant and all that, that overarching story stuff, so that can shape the way you see the world, how you think. Well, yeah. What kind of thinker you are. I think that's important. It's not everything, but it's important. I think it's important. I, j- I just wish there was a better movie. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, we agree. I'm with you. I'm, I'm right. I said that to start. But I think it's useful also to analyze a not great movie and figure out why. What are they trying to do and what they fail at accomplishing? If you only look at the good movies, you really haven't learned that much. People learn from failure. Failure is where we understand where the limits are. But do you have to then go into... Do you feel like you've learned anything from... Or that you stand to learn much? That you stand to actually learn much from us? You? Well, it depends on what you mean by learn. If you're talking about, like, learn about... The ideas Jordan Peele wants to talk about, I don't know about that, but learning about what is an effective way to communicate those ideas and what isn't, I think that's valuable. I do too. 